Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. My name is Alex Alkaz as AKA the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, the moment we've all been waiting for, the rematch we've all been waiting for, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter for the AEW Women's World Championship. And I do highly stress out the fact that this is indeed the rematch that we've been waiting for. Because I do not recall the rematch ever taking place. Last November, at the AEW Full Gear, Newark, New Jersey, Tony Storm lost the title to Jamie Hayter, and I don't recall ever seeing the rematch. And I said to myself, well, if we're not going to see the rematch now, we will definitely be seeing it in the foreseeable future because it has to be built to a certain point, and my God, has it built been built to that certain point. There's a lot of details surrounding this because how interesting is it that the last time that this happened, when Tony Storm lost the title to Hater, Jamie Hater was the heel while Tony Storm was the babyface, and now the tides are reversed. Tony Storm is the heel, while Jamie Hayter is the babyface. Let me tell you, the whole concept with the outcasts, I have been absolutely loving it. Ruby Soho, Soraya, and Tony Storm, that right there is one of the coolest things I've ever seen from all elite wrestling. And in Ruby Soho's case, can we honestly say that this particular faction is the true Riot Squad that we really wanted to see in WWE? Well, you know what? This may very well be it, but you know what? This is probably the Riot Squad turned up to 100. Okay? And the best part is, as all these wrestling fans have told me personally, they are finally doing something huge with Ruby Soho. Well, yes, indeed they are. Oh, boy. You know, I never ever would have anticipated going like this, okay? Now, I have said on this show that one way or the other, Jamie Hayter would certainly have a run as a babyface in the future. And as tremendous as Jamie Hayter is as a heel, she's doing such a great job as a babyface. You know, I never would have thought that the whole thing would have been reversed. Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker DMD as the babyfaces, and then you have the other ones being the heels. I mean, again, it's the element of surprise. We have seen this before many times in professional wrestling, okay? And let me tell you, going back to the way Tony Storm issued the challenge in such a massive and epic promo, that right there, that's the, the certain way to build the excitement. And now it is on the card for the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which is going to take place later this month in none other than Las Vegas, Nevada. Four years after the inaugural first ever AEW show, which was Double or Nothing in 2019. That right there was a tremendous show, and there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this show will be amazing. And it has an amazing card, alright? But I tell you, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter, when I saw it yesterday, I knew that this is going to be the match that I am so most forward looking forward to. Now, again, the card in itself is something huge. Some would say the other, there's other matches that are more exciting. But for me, again, this is the rematch that we have been waiting for. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. Now, recently, with the whole thing with the Outcast, now, 
recently we saw uh, Hikaru Shida make her return to AEW programming. And at first, I'm telling you, she pulled such a brilliant and unique double swerve. When she made it look as though she was going to join the Outcasts, but all of a sudden, she doesn't. My God, this is something huge. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, because this is part of a conversation I've had with numerous wrestling fans. What Hikaru Shida did, it is not something that we have never, ever seen before. We've seen this before. Remember when we all thought Diamond Dallas Page was going to join the New World Order? And it looked like he's about to, but he doesn't. He pulls the ultimate swerve. Remember when we thought that John Moxley was going to join the Inner Circle and then he pulls the ultimate swerve? You see? We have seen it before. And I'm sure in other many numerous occasions we've seen something like this happen. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, as my good buddy Mr. Carson Babini, who I really hope to have on this show again soon, along with my good buddy Mr. David LaFon... I'm sure Carson is basically thinking they're finally doing something right with the AEW women's division. Well, the whole situation with the outcasts and everything is certainly huge. And going back to speak to Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, I mean, the whole program even involving the Jericho Appreciation Society, I mean, the rivalry between Julia Hart and Anna Jay has certainly been massively underrated. So, man. And quite frankly... You know, seeing the way that this has been built up for so long. <coughs> because, you know, honestly, when we see the, the rematch the way we see it. And seeing it in the way where the roles are reversed. Again, the, the baby face is now Jamie Hayter while the heel is Tony Storm. Because, again, we never predicted the rematch taking place that way. We were in for a surprise, but we just had to wait and see. We had to wait and basically wait to, till the moment was right. Till the time was right. It seems to me that Tony Khan may have well planned this for a long time. Maybe he had. I don't know. I do not know. I mean, speaking of Tony Khan, I mean, it seems like almost all the time when he has a major announcement to make, he makes that announcement, we are so well positively impacted. Big time. Now, going back to Jamie Hayter now, of course, as we know, last week, Jamie Hayter was attacked by Tony Storm, you know, with that arm injury. And of course, yesterday... Tony Khan announces that Jamie Hayter has not been medically cleared to compete because from what I understand, originally a trios match, a six women's tag team match between the Outcasts and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida was supposed to take place, but because of the injury, it boiled down to a tag team match, which of course Tony Storm and Ruby Soho, you know, emerged victorious. Uh, the way, uh, you see... This is all part about building it to a point, okay? It's it's all about building it to a boiling point. And I love that in that massive promo cut by Tony Storm, she said that she's not the same person that she was last time this happened. Again, she was the babyface at the time. Now she's a massive heel. And I gotta tell you, Tony Storm is doing such a fantastic job as the villain, you know? So, you know, and again, you know, Seeing, you know, Dr. Britt Baker, you know, DMD turn face again, you know, when uh, when Ruby Soho turned heel. I mean, again, it was the ultimate sword because we had to be in a position to where we didn't see it coming. Again, it is called, as I like to say, the ultimate of surprise. So, AEW's really kicking butt, man. So, I gotta tell you, this rematch, I just cannot tell you how super excited I am for it. It sure as hell is gonna be an epic match. And to be honest with you... Since we saw the tag team match already, I would imagine that in this match, obviously in Tony Storm's corner, Soraya and Ruby Soho will be in her corner, 
while for uh, Jamie Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, along with Hikaru Shida, could, uh, will definitely be in their corner. Now, as far as uh, the, other, the, the other members of this, uh, the respective factions being uh, in, uh, in action that night, I mean, I'm not entirely sure. But, you know, now the card for AW Double or Nothing, I have it right here. Now, there's seven matches already so far, but, you know, there could very well be added a, another match. I mean, I don't know. But since, since you know I've got uh, since I still got plenty of time, you know I really want to take a, take a little bit of time to talk about the rest of the to talk about the rest of the card. But I really had to basically just start off with you know the, the match I'm so excited for, which is Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. And I gotta be honest with you, I would not be surprised if if they put the belt back on Tony Storm. Although a lot of wrestling fans are certainly saying it's not gonna happen. But again, how many times have we been swerved? How many times have we seen the effect of the element of surprise? I mean, could you imagine if, if, if another turncoat happened, if somebody else joins the outcast or if anything happens? I mean, just who the heck knows? And I'm not talking about Hikaru Shida, you know, pulling it again. I mean, what she did it, it already, you know, you know, attacking attacking uh, the outcast. Is she really not going to join them? No, it, that would not make sense from any, any standpoint as far as creative direction goes. I mean, a female talent that we haven't seen in a long time, you know, could very well, you know, turn up and then join the outcasts. I mean, who knows? But, man. Man, oh man, oh man. Honestly, I can certainly see it as the as an epic match. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. I can definitely see it being so good that the, that the first match itself is, you know, it, it, this match is going to make it whole... It's, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot better. So, my pick is, honestly... It's gonna be a hard-fought match. It's gonna it's gonna be an absolute war, and not just between Storm and Hater. It's it's a it's a it's a war between, you know, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, Sheeta, and, and Jamie Hater with the Outcasts. And believe me, this is this is gonna be a battle. This is because the war between those between all those ladies. Huh, we probably have not seen anything yet. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I guarantee to you. <coughs> Excuse me. We have. Between the Outcasts and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Hikaru Shida, and Jamie Hayter, we have not seen anything yet. This is a war that has only just begun, let me tell you. So moving on, now before I want to get, uh, get through, uh, go into detail with the rest of the car for AEW Double or Nothing, I should actually bring out uh, the news because I'm sure everybody knows that Tony Khan actually made an announcement about AEW Collision. Which is actually going to start next month on June seventeenth. Now, I believe you know he's actually. I think next week uh, the locations uh, should be actually um, be announced soon. But AEW Collision is actually going to be the third show. I mean, we've already got Dynamite. You know, we've got Rampage, and now they're adding you know AEW um, Collision. So you know, you know, and honestly, at, at this point, you know, for so long. Many have been extremely critical of Tony Khan for signing so much talent, and then them, and, and then have only having so much TV time. And now I'm thinking, did Tony Khan bring bring all this talent in, you know, ahead of time because that he was gonna wait for the time to be right for him to announce that he's launching a third show, you know, to the promotion? I mean, again, now you got you got AEW Dynamite. Now you got AEW Rampage, and now you have AEW Collision, which is set to premiere on June 17th, which, by the way, is my younger brother's birthday, my brother who's currently serving in the United States Marine Corps. So, I mean, and, and boy, it is, it, it's going to be the second live television program. Like, it's not going to be aired on a tape delay like AEW Rampage. AEW Collision is going to be live, and from what I understand, 
It's gonna. It's actually gonna be on. It's gonna. It's gonna premiere on Saturdays. It's actually gonna take place on Saturdays. So because as we know, recently AEW ended the weekly online shows. AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation is no more. So. So honestly, the way I see it, it it, 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 it was certainly the way to do it. So. Yeah, they actually ended those programs. Actually ended um, last month, about about a month ago. So, so it, it, it's good. I mean, you know, they're really because AEW has grown so much. I think Tony Khan now sees that it's now time to take things to the next level. So, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, Tony Khan, you know, and I was talking to a wrestling fan at my work, you know, who actually asked me to, this is another certain thing he wants me to talk about, which I will, because I know that he's going to be listening to this. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart, my friend, thank you so much. You know, and as we were talking, you know, I, I said to him, like this, Tony Khan is doing exactly what a young Vince McMahon did back in the day. Now, not the same way, but you see, some people you see Vince McMahon back in 1982 when he took over his dad's promotion and made it and started building it into a worldwide global juggernaut. You know, taking all the wrestlers from the territories and like that. Vince McMahon was taking those risks and those chances. Tony Khan's doing the exact same thing, but he's waiting for the time to be right, and that's what Vince McMahon did. You know. That's what it is. When you build a company, you're gonna go through some good times. You're gonna go through some difficult times. You know, like, like the pandemic. You know, when, when they couldn't, when they, when, when they couldn't travel around the country and, and you know have the audience, you know, in attendance. You know, AEW got through that, and now AEW is, is ready to basically take things to the next level. That's what they're doing, especially with AEW Collision. So, and for me, in my case, with my hectic work schedule and my inability to afford cable, you know, it's hard for me to be able to keep up with AEW programming. But I am watching it and following it to my best, of, uh, to the best of my ability, so I can stay up to the program with the, with the day-to-day activities, news, and events. So, yeah, it's stuff. So I'm actually, I'm actually following AEW, you know, closely. I mean, not watching the shows, but I am watching the highlights. You know, of course, you know, talking to my friends who watch it, who tune in weekly. So I've got sources. So I'm extremely grateful. So, so that's it about AEW Collision. Now, I'll definitely gonna take, spend the time to talk to take a look at the card. I mean, I'm telling you, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allen in a Pillars four-way match for the AEW Championship. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! I'm, you know, I, you know, for a while I debated which match I'm so excited for, but you know what? I'm just excited for the whole entire pay-per-view. But Tony Storm and Jamie Hader is what I've got my eyes on the most because you know, again, the rematch we we had been waiting for. But speaking of matches that we've been waiting for, I think it's it's about time for Sammy Guevara. To actually be put in the AEW world title picture. And not only Sammy Guevara, but same thing with Darby Allen. And you know, Jack Perry, I said to myself, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, is so massively criminally underrated that one way or the other, he is gonna put himself to a position, he's gonna work himself so well. He's gonna get over so well and be so impressive that Tony Khan is honestly gonna have absolutely no choice but to put to put him in the title picture. And, you know, of course, recently there was that, you know, that promo, you know, between MJF and Darby Allen. You know, I would imagine Darby Allen working with Sting for so long, it's clear to me that Darby Allen learned a lot from Sting. So, and of course, there was recently about MJF trying to convince Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, to betray Darby Allen. But, of course, Jungle Boy, you know, being the massive uber babyface that he is, he refuses. So, and again, you know, and, and, and as far as Sammy Guevara goes, you know... I think, you know, if he hasn't transitioned back to a babyface head, he's, he's definitely on the way again. So, you know, I would imagine, you know, is, is he starting to break away from the, Jer- the from the Jericho Appreciation Society? I mean, again, 
bear with me, y'all. It's been extremely difficult for me to follow AEW programming, programming, but I am doing my best. So, but but you know, in a pillars four way match, you know, obviously clearly, like I said, one day you know, Sammy Guevara, one way or the other, he's gonna they're gonna put the belt on him one way or the other. You know, for Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Darby Allen, you know, a lot of people say that those guys are not championship or not world title world championship material but I don't like to say that but you know for me as long as they're in the picture and they're being used properly then you know they're gonna be fine but man this is definitely a match to look forward to now I do have <clears throat> I do have Maxwell Jacob Freeman coming out coming out on top you know retaining the title because I don't think it's time for MJF's title you know reign to come to an end I can't I'm not sure exactly how much longer he'll be champion he's been champion for about 180 days now but 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 I'm telling you you, you know you know, I saw a source earlier saying that insists that Darby Allen, you know, should actually win the match. I mean, if somehow, some way, if Darby Allen somehow comes out on top, I mean, I, I would be so shocked that I would waste absolutely no time in doing an episode for this for this show. But but uh, but then I'm not gonna change my mind. I still have Maxwell Jacob Friedman coming up on top. But but I'm telling you, like this this is just the beginning you know, out of that. So. Yeah, so MJF definitely comes out on top, but I, I can imagine how, how how much of a how how great of a match it, it's going to be. But man, I'm so looking forward to that. Then we got FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I mean, well, you know, speaking of you know on AEW Dynamite, I mean, we saw the debut of uh, Karen Jarrett, who of course is Jeff Jarrett's wife. You know, she you know d delivered that low blow to Cash, and of course, you know, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett attacked them, and then of course held the belts. You know, which indicates they're going to be challenging for the title. And the, the interesting part is that Mark Briscoe is actually going to serve as the special guest referee, so. This one, it's hard to make a prediction, but honestly, I have a feeling we may see new tag team, AEW tag team champions. I mean, the fact that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal all already have Sanjay Doot and Satnam Singh, you know, at their corner. And now if, if Karen Jarrett, you know, joins the fray, then, you know, it's definitely not going to look good for FTR. But with Mark Briscoe serving as a special guest referee, I mean... Who knows what could happen? So definitely gonna be an exciting. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I don't know why. But then we get to Wardlow and versus Christian Cage for and in a ladder match for the AEW TNT Championship. I don't really know exactly where this has been going. I've not been paying attention to that part. I mean, Arn Anderson is gonna be in the corner of Wardlow. I know Wardlow recently regained the belt from Powerhouse Hobbs. So. I don't really know what, what, know what to say really about that, but you know, Wardlow definitely. I, I would imagine it, it, it'd be hard to, to imagine Wardlow not being, you know, not retaining the title unless, of course, something happens. But and then the the other one, you know, the uh, the twenty one the twenty one man uh, Blackjack Battle Royal for the AEW International Championship, which, which of course was uh, formerly known as the AEW All Atlantic Championship. Eh, I think international championship actually sounds cooler, and of course Orange Cassidy, you know, still is the champion, and he's gonna be defending the title, you know, in a battle royal with twenty other competitors. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Orange Cassidy certainly has been champion for a while. I mean, I don't 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 really know what to say. Uh, what could happen? But you know, uh, well, here's the well, here's the part where 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 my friend wanted me to talk about because recently we've seen Miro, you know, pop up all of a sudden, and then going into Tony Khan's office. First we see Miro, and then we see Thunder Rosa, and then from what I understand, Andrade all of a sudden has been in the mix, right? I mean, everybody's been talking about it. I've not really seen too much, you know, about Andrade, you know, honestly. Um, but, 
I don't know because you know according to, to the wrestlinginc.com, it's basically saying that he's going to be returning for AEW for Collision. So uh, AEW, yeah, yeah, for for Collision, he's going to be part of it. So he's actually, it says according to the Wrestling Observer, he's actually part of the AEW Collision's roster. So, well, then I guess we won't, definitely won't be seeing Andrade, you know, at, at, at the show. But he could still very well be in this Battle Royal. But I don't know. You know, I would imagine, you know, I, I think basically with Collision now coming, I mean, could you imagine, I would imagine Miro and Thunder Rosa along with uh, Andrade, they're all going to be part of the AW Collision's roster, so. I mean, again, when you have such a, a large roster, I mean, Tony Khan's kind of dividing dividing it up. I mean, some wrestlers appear on Dynamite, you know, Collision. I, I would imagine, I, I, I would I would imagine they, they might switch it up back, back and forth, but I mean, who knows? I'm sure if that's the case, Tony Khan will let us know again when the time is right, so. So basically, I, I was gonna say like I was gonna predict that M Miro, that Miro would basically be put in this battle royal, and if, if Miro is put in the battle royal, you know I would basically pay, I, I would basically have him as the favorite. I wouldn't I wouldn't even be surprised if if Khan decided to put, to put the belt back on him. So because we haven't seen Miro for a very 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 long time, I don't I, I don't even know how long it's been since we've last seen Miro. But you know Thunder Rosa has been out for a long time with um with a back injury. <coughs> Excuse me, but as far as Andrade goes, I mean Andrade. Ever since he had that that backstage altercation with Sammy Guevara, you know he was sent home, and we haven't seen him since. And during that time, he's been recuperating from injuries as well. So, so I think you know it's definitely a good time to have all three of those brilliant competitors back. So, anyway, but moving on. So that's what my friend my friend wanted me to mention these particular you know superstars you know supposedly trying to make making the return you know because they're back in the mix. But the other one, I spoke about this match, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. So, this one, now this one right here, man. The Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. Well, the big story out of that is that, is that recently, Don Callis, who of course has been Kenny Omega's man, was Kenny Omega's manager, you know, doing Kenny Omega's uh, run as the AEW World Champion, as well as, you know, you know, he's been with Kenny Omega for a long time. I mean, we saw the promo. In the promo, Don Callis said, Without me, there is no Kenny Omega. Without Don Callis, there is no Kenny Omega. I mean, that's something that we see from a manager who betrays, you know, the talent that he's been with for a very long time, very, very long time, so. I mean, now that you see the Blackpool Combat Club versus versus the Elite, I mean, in an anarchy in the arena match... No, honestly, I, I I have not basically been brought up to uh, I have not been basically notified about what exactly what kind of the matches Anarchy in the Arena. I would imagine it's going to be. Uh, I mean, let me know if I'm correct uh, or if I'm wrong or right or wrong. But I would imagine the Anarchy in the Arena match. That's another way of saying a false count anywhere match all over the arena, like almost like the uh, like the Stampede match, except it's not in the stadium. It's in an arena. So. I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club, I mean, I'm telling you, the recent heel turn of uh, Danielson, Moxley, and, and Claudio Castagnoli, I mean, man. Seeing the Elite take on the Blackpool Combat Club in this kind of match, whoo. I mean, the Young Bucks, you know, Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, you know, it, it's good to have uh, Hangman Adam Page, you know, be put in, in this mix because you might as well go for it, so. So for this one right, right here, honestly... Well, I got the Blackpool Combat Club go coming out on, coming out on top on this one. So, but 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 I, I just cannot tell you how excited I am for this one. You know, the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. 
But then we, of course, we got the uh, the AEW TBS uh, Women's Championship. You know, Jade Cargill versus uh, Taya Valkyrie. Well, you know, Jade Cargill has yet to lose a match, and you know she's still champion. So, you know, and Taya Valkyrie, you know, re recently there's been that story, that that storyline and everything. So, honestly, the way I see it, I mean, Jade Cargill. I mean, as far as far as uh, as far as I'm concerned with Jade Cargill. I really honestly don't see her losing because, to be honest with you, I don't know when it's going to be the point where she loses for the first time and drops the belt. Because, I mean, one, it's going to come one way or the other, but, you know, if Taya Valkyrie, some, if, if they somehow, some way, you know, pull yet another swerve in the concept of the ultimate, ultimate element of surprise, if Taya Valkyrie comes out on top and wins the title, I mean, it's definitely going to, you know, build something. I mean, I would imagine, I, I can't imagine, you know, where they would go from there, but... But honestly, relatively speaking, I just don't see Jade Cargill losing the belt. So it's really all, all I got to say. So you know, and it's just interesting. I mean, this is the four you know four years after the the original you know Double or Nothing. I mean, the very first uh, show that AEW you know produced. I mean, you know, of course, last the first one was the MGM Studios. But this one is actually going to be at the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada. So. But still, you know, still an exciting match, and of course, uh, the big story, of course, you know, we got AEW All In, you know, that's actually going to be um, in August, you know, of course, AEW All In at Wembley Stadium in London, England, you know, the fact that tickets sold so quick, it's no surprise, I mean, 60,000 60, tickets were sold, huh. I mean, on the first day, I mean, this includes the pre-sale, it doesn't even surprise me that tickets sold out like this. Huh. I mean, this is the first ever professional wrestling event to take place at Wembley Stadium since SummerSlam back in 1992. And at the same time, it's no so I mean, Tony Khan, you know, being able to, to, to put together a huge show at Wembley Stadium is no surprise because, again, you know, the Khans, they own Fulham FC, which, of course, is a soccer club based in London. And they own the Jaguars, so... I would say if, if Tony and Shahid Khan can can basically arrange for the Jacksonville Jaguars to play each year in London, I mean the fact that ja the ja the Jaguars will play two games in London next this coming season, again, I mean all the connections right there, it's no surprise they were able to, they were able to get it at Wembley Stadium. Now imagine how difficult it is and how much it's gonna how much it cost. But you know what I mean? This is this is the concept of basically I've seen how Tony Khan is like a young Vince McMahon. Taking the risks, taking a chance. Tony Khan and his father Shahid did exactly that. I mean, because again, to to have a show take place at Wembley Stadium, that's gonna cost a lot of money, a lot of money. I mean, not only that, but transporting all the equipment and everything, you know, the talent, and everything, you know, overseas. Huh. But again, it's that's what it's all about. It's about taking the risk. It's about taking a chance. And that's what Tony Khan has been doing. And that's why AEW's future could very well be bright indeed. And I am so excited, basically, for this particular show, as well as AEW Double or Nothing. I gotta make it my mission to see to it that I can watch these shows. And if I have to go to a local movie theater that will actually be showing this show, then so freaking be it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And remember, if you know somebody that is looking for a tremendous pro wrestling podcast 
then let me tell you once again that Ringside Chaos is the show for them. If you love professional wrestling, Ringside Chaos is the show for them. So please hit that subscribe button and please be sure to hit that notification bell because ladies and gentlemen, your support is what keeps the show alive and I cannot tell you how thankful I am for all the love and support. Thank you all very, very much and God bless.